is the Ultimate Advisor Podcast. The podcast for financial advisors who want to create a thriving, successful, and scalable practice. Each week, we'll uncover the ways that you can improve your referrals, your team, your marketing, and your business operations, helping you to level up your advising practice, bring in more assets, and create the advising practice that you've dreamed of. You'll be joined by your hosts, Brian Sweet, who has more than half a billion dollars in assets under management, Brittany Anderson, the driving force for advisors looking to hire, improve their operations and company culture, and Dre Redfern, who can help you systematize and automate your practice's marketing to effortlessly attract new clients. So, what do you say? Let's jump into another amazing episode of The Ultimate Advisor Podcast. Hello and welcome back to your Ultimate Advisor Podcast. This is Brittany Anderson and I have got an awesome guest with me today. Uh, His name is David Wood, founder of Play For Real. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brittany. uh, I'm happy to be here. You know, I am super excited to have you on. We were introduced by our friend, mutual friend, Matt Halloran. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, you know, anybody that comes from Matt is just good as gold to us. So I am excited to have this conversation with you today and to really share your expertise and, and your passion and your mission with our audience. So David, l- let's kick this off by you just talking a little bit about your own journey, kind of what got you here and what the heck it is you do. <laughs> Well, and we're talking mainly to financial advisors, right? Or is it all advisors? Yeah. So primarily our audience is um, high net worth wealth advisors, wealth uh, but we advisors. do have kind of a mix. We've got some, some insurance people out there. We've got kind of a whole wealth. All right. of, that of helps. People. Yeah. Great. So I began life as a consulting actuary, which your audience might actually know what that is. And for those who don't, I dealt with long-term financial projections, 50 years, a hundred years, We calculate insurance premiums, pension fund contributions. I'm a self-confessed geek. And, you know, I was really good. Uh, Something happened in year nine at school and I started topping my classes. I don't know what it was, but I started doing really well. And actuarial science seemed to be the way to go. And I thought I had it made because I got a transfer from Sydney to New York And I was consulting to Sony Music and Exxon and Ford and Procter & Gamble and working on Park Avenue. It was super exciting for a 23-year-old from a country town in Australia. But what I was missing, I was doing well at my job, but I, I didn't realize I was missing a whole other part of life. And fortunately, I stumbled on a personal growth course and they cracked my cynicism open and they helped me realize that while I was good at numbers and systems and business, I didn't know anything about emotional intelligence. I didn't know anything about vulnerability. I didn't know anything about revealing and, and making, having deep connection with humans. I was just like everything on the surface and yeah, I, it was personable and, and all that. So I've spent the last 25 years of my life getting good at that. Mm. And so now I don't coach people who just want their business to be better. They, they can find plenty of business coaches and I don't find people who just want their life to be better because I'm, I'm so good at the business side as well. Let's look at how the two intertwine and how mastering tough conversations is going to help you in your business and with your family. 
Let's look at how work-life balance is going to have you feel way better and sleep better and get you more clients. Mm. So that's a bit of... Oh, and I didn't say in that personal growth course, I found myself coaching somebody by accident and I changed someone's life overnight. Wow. And I was hooked. I'm like, wow, this is amazing stuff. Like, like just helping people take the puzzle pieces that are a bit confusing and vague to them because they're in it and help them get some perspective. That's really exciting for me. You know, I think that's really powerful, David. And you said a couple of things that, that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Um, number one, saying you dove into this, this, personal, this personal growth course. And something we talk about a lot on our podcast, a lot in our mastermind and in our coaching is just about, you know, pushing yourself outside the box. And if you, there's the old saying of, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And sometimes we have to push ourselves outside of that zone. So I think that's really important to pull out of what you said. You know, the other thing too, is when you talk about how you don't coach people just on personal and you don't just coach them on just their business, there's kind of a mesh. I think that is also a powerful statement because as entrepreneurs, we know that work-life balance, I mean, that, that teeter-totter never stops. It's always tipping one way or the other. And it really becomes, I mean, it's not work and life. It's just life. It's your life. And when you're living out your passion and you're serving people that, that you, you, you really want to help and you want to serve, it just becomes who you are, what you do and, and, and really what, why you're put on this planet. So David, you, you started talking a little bit about the tough conversations. So I want you to elaborate because something that we hear quite a bit, actually, when we work with these advisors, when we work with our members, and even when we've, we filtered questions from our podcast audience is, you know, what do you do with somebody who maybe got you here, but isn't going to get you there? So a team member that's helped you get to this point, but maybe they've plateaued. They're an awesome team member. You know, they, they've, they've really had their heart in it, but they just maybe don't quite have the, the maybe skill set or the drive to get to the next level that you want to get to. How do, you, how do you approach that? How do you have those types of conversations on your team? Yeah. Well, firstly, I want to double click on something you said about about the growth and the importance of the growth. You know, they used to tell me back when I was starting coaching to grow your business, grow yourself. Mm, yeah. And it, and it, I mean, it was kind of convenient for coaches to say that to, a, to their clients because we want their clients to grow, the, to, to grow themselves and we want to help them do that. So we'll tell them you've got to grow yourself. So I've always said that, but it's become so much more real recently. And when I look back on my life, I, I got nominated to something called the Transformational Leadership Council. Mm. It was being one of the pinnacles of my career. And that was founded by Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup and John Gray. So I get to go and hang out with these people as, as family and as peers. Marianne Williamson, presidential wow. candidate. She, she was a member. And I'm hanging out with these people. Like, what? And that could never happen if I had not grown myself, there's no way if I wasn't operating at the level of communication, the level of transparency, the level of integrity that I'm operating at the level of awareness. Yeah. These people wouldn't, wouldn't give me a second look. They'd be polite, but like, you can't, you can't, you can't hang out with us, you know? Mm. So I think it really is true. And one way so I'm, I'm giving more context to tough conversations. I, I'm, I am getting to your question. No, this is so good. Yeah. But one way you can grow yourself, and um, I saw this in your pre-interview questions, is, is 
by doing something uncomfortable. Because if you stay in your comfort zone, it's, it's not likely that growth's going to happen there. So if you ask yourself, how do I grow? Oh, I have to do something uncomfortable. I have to go into my discomfort zone. Well, one way to do it, go and do a personal growth course and they'll help you find those zones. Another way, work with a coach. And another way, and you can do all three of these together, is tough conversations. Lean into those conversations that are awkward because each time we have them, we learn something about ourselves, and we get a chance to grow and expand our range. So I just, I wanted to give, give a plug for tough conversations of why I think they're so valuable to the, to the entrepreneur who has some emotional intelligence and some spiritual intelligence and has a growth mindset. Yeah. Now to your question, how do you, you know, someone's, someone's gotten you here, but they're not going to get you there. I think the question is really, how do you let go of that person? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's an edgy one. And the meta situation here is just, how do you say something to someone when they might get upset? Yeah. So I have a four step process and before you even start, you know, like go and ha- do the conversation with the four steps, you want to get clarity. So now I'm going to go meta again. The big thing that stops people from a lot of tough conversations is they don't even realize that there's a tough conversation waiting there. So once you've realized it, all right, I think I need to let, let, let Jim go. That's a, that's huge. Now get clarity and there's a free download on my website and we'll give, give listeners uh, the free download at the end of the episode. What you'll get in the download is a worksheet. And this is gold because you want clarity. You, the reason we don't have a lot of these conversations is we don't have clarity. So this worksheet will help you realize what's a hope you have. What's a great outcome from the conversation. That's critical. And then you can share that with the person. For example, in this this case, my hope is that we come to an agreement about what's going to be a great path forward for you. That's a win for both of us and that we feel more connected. That might be a hope. And that changes everything. Once you have a hope like, Oh yeah, this is where I'm heading. What's a fear you have. How could this go wrong? That's why it's a tough conversation for you. My fear is you might feel unappreciated. And that's not my intention because I really value you, but that's, that's my fear and that you might be upset and this conversation might be awkward. I think it's really good to get clear on what are you worried about? So you can name it at least for yourself and you may choose to name it for the other person too. And then thirdly, uh, the sheet will ask you, do you have a request? Is there something you can ask for this person to do that would help make the situation better? trying to think what my request would be in this situation. My request might be that you hear me out and that you're honest with me about how, you know, any impact of me bringing this up. And then the the worksheet will also ask you, how might this look from their point of view? Step into their shoes for a moment. And I might write down in the worksheet, well, they might feel like, oh, I saw this coming. They might feel like, Oh, this is a relief because I wanted some, I wanted to go to pursue something else anyway. They might feel upset and worried about their future. Mm -hmm. So I start to like just kind of get into their world. 
And then the four steps themselves, once you've got that clarity, and you can, you can take this worksheet with you. You don't, a lot of people think, oh, I have to like do it off the top of my head. I can't read cheat notes. No, take it with you and say, I wrote some stuff down because I want to do a good job of this conversation. And I don't want to forget anything. And then the four steps themselves, one, you ask permission. Don't just launch in like, hey, you know, it's time to let you go. <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not good. Say, hey, I want to talk about something that's been on my mind. Uh, I want to talk about your future direction. And it'll probably take about 10 or 15 minutes. And I'm wondering if now's a good time. So you give them a little, give them a little context. And then if you, assuming you get a yes, the next step is you share one hope and one fear. Mm. My hope out of this conversation is uh, just, as I said before, is that we feel on the same page about your direction and what's next for you and that we feel more connected. And my concern or fear is that you might take it personally. You might feel unappreciated and this conversation could be awkward. That's my concern. But again, my hope is that we feel more connected. So I'm, I'm willing to take that risk. Can I go ahead and tell you what I, what I want to say? So you're checking mm -hmm. in again and they're probably like, uh, all right. All right. They say yes. Then three, you share your issue. And if you have a request, this would be where you share it. You know, if someone's late for you, your request might be that you'd be on time or even two minutes early. Yeah. And that you let me know as soon as you know, you're going to be late. Don't call me 10 past four saying I'm, I'm late. I know that now. Call me when you know it's going to happen, right? So work out what request you could make. And then the fourth step is so important, Brittany. The fourth step is get curious and listen. Mm. So, you know, you've just shared the issue, which is I feel like you've done an amazing job getting us to here and going forward. These are the skills that I'm looking for. I want someone who can do this, this, and this, and I don't feel that you yet shine there. And I want to talk to you about, see if you agree with that. And then secondly, to look at what's next, like, do you want to train to become that person? Is that a possibility? Or is it time for us to, to part ways and say, this was awesome. And, and find you find something else. I want to explore that with you. Like what's next. And I want, and here's where step four comes in. How is it for you to hear this? Is it a surprise? Is it expected? Is it like a relief? Is it devastating or something in between? I really want to hear like, how is this for you? And what are your thoughts? Mm. And you shut up and you give them a chance and you get their world about it. You might find a, a solution you had never thought of. And you work it out with them. You get collaborative. Mm. You're not going to collapse, right? You've still got your point of view and your desires for the company. You're not going to just be like, oh, all right, keep on going. We'll see how it goes. No, if they sway you, you'll be swayed. And those are the four steps to having a tough conversation. Ask permission, share one hope and one fear, share the issue and a request if you have it. And then step four, get curious and listen. 
David, that was awesome. I mean, and, and using it in a real life example, mm-hmm. there's there's one thing that I, I want to pull out of this. And and I think that, you know, in business, and, and we, we've joked about this before on previous episodes about how most advisors did not get into this business to manage people. <laughs> They're not like, yes, I have such a drive to be a manager and to have these difficult conversations and have to put myself in that, in that situation. So I, I really want our listeners to think about this and put it in context for a minute, not only with your team, but with clients as well. And something to remember is that we can only control our own reactions to situations. We can only control our own attitude, our own uh, behaviors per se, but we can't control the others. We can't control who is who we're dealing with. So I think that's what's so beautiful about your process, David, is that you really set the stage to be able to communicate what your own needs are, but then opening it up to have a really positive, productive conversation during a time that could be really difficult and really ugly. And, you know, we're we're human. So when those tough things come up, not everybody loves those conversations. A lot of times they get swept under the rug or they get postponed, postponed, postponed. And all of a sudden you're looking back and you're like, two years have gone by and now I'm in a total mess and I don't know how the heck to dig myself out. Yeah. It's a cute, cumulative effect of, uh, you know, and what's happened is, see, I wasn't trained to speak up. I wasn't trained to speak my truth. I wasn't trained to check in with what am I feeling? What are my desires? What are my annoyances? And my, you know, my, in an ideal world, my parents would have said, there's a way for you to have that. There's a way for you to speak with, speak with someone about that and work it out together. I didn't know that. And you, you raise a great point. You can't control the outcome you can just control how you show up and that's what makes it vulnerable. Mm. And I can understand as a habit, humans kind of running away from vulnerability, but the more I've gone into it, the more I've found this is what's going to make us be a better leader. This is going to make us, you talked about the context of, you know, it's with your clients as well. Well, yeah, this is with your staff. This is with your business partner. This is with your clients. You can also start looking at how's your relationship with your partner, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your, your family. How, how about with your kids? Are there some issues you're not covering because they're a bit awkward and you're not sure how to speak up? I want, I want everybody to have this skill Mm -hmm. so they can transform all their relationships And I want to also make the point, you know, clients don't come to me saying, I've got 20 tough conversations. Can you work with me over the next six months and we'll do that? (laughs) That's not how it occurs because normally we're thinking, oh, no, I speak up. Yeah. People come to me because they, they realize they want to know where their blind spots are. They want their business to grow and they want their relationships to grow. Mm. And so they come for that and we, we might start on productivity, right? All right. How are you going to produce twice as much in less time? We'll do that. And then as we go along, these conversations start to pop up. Hmm. They're like, like one client was like, how do I let go this staff member? And then her husband wanted to work for her. She's like, how do I have that conversation? And then I've got a client that's, that's paying late consistently. How do I have that conversation? And I want a celebrity endorsement how do I have that conversation? Like conversations are bound. And yeah. so I love that they just pop up as we go ahead and up level life and work 
So I wanted to make that point too. It's not like you have to have 20 tough conversations, but they tend to, as you put awareness on them, you'll start to notice more and more like, oh, that person's late for me and I don't like it. I feel more distant from them. Is there a way that I could address this? You know, it's interesting that you, you bring a couple of those examples up is, you know, I I've taught on this before. I have this whole simple, it's, it's a simple method. There's an acronym to simple in creating a culture in being an effective leader. And the M in the simple is all in managing your delivery. And I think that's what you're, you're doing here is it's instead of being in a reactive state, instead of, you know, barking orders or throwing out words that are maybe lost on somebody because a defense mechanism goes up on the other end, it's really in managing your delivery and mastering your delivery. So you can be an effective leader, I think in, in any component of your life. And I know David, you, you, you have uh, a lot that you do on leadership as well. You know, you can check out your website. It's playforreal.life life for any of our, inter, our our audience members that want to check it out. But I think just talk a little bit on how you can really use this whole process and, and how you can really just show up as a leader, both in your, your business and your personal life. I'd love to hear your insight on that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to reveal, uh, confess that I think it was a year ago, I wrote to two friends and I said, do I know anything about leadership? Mm. It was an honest question because I've been training uh, people for 20 years and coaching for 20 years, but I haven't led uh, 50 people in an organization. I I guess I did lead, you know, maybe six in a company. I haven't led men or women into into battle. So I'm like, you know, and I didn't speak about leadership. I'm like, it seems strange to think that I wouldn't know anything about leadership after 20 years of personal growth. Do I know anything? They couldn't really tell me, but I started to realize as I started to talk to people more about leadership and, and look at it and read Brene Brown's book. And, and I was like, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, I've led my clients, you know, thousands of clients led them from where they are to where they want to be. I've led teleclasses and directed that. I've led face-to-face groups and spoken to audience of a thousand people. And so for an hour, I'm leading them and feeling into them. I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then when I looked at the principles that I teach, tell me if any of these are useful for a leader. Yeah. Authenticity, operating with integrity, doing what you say, holding people accountable mm-hmm. to what they say they're going to do. Enrollment, inspiring and motivating and influencing people to do what you'd like them to do. Revealing, revealing, making confessions. Hey, I want to, you know, I screwed up and I want you all to know about it. Mm. As I, you know, as I looked at all the things that I teach and love, I was like, this is inside out leadership. This is how you work on yourself and grow yourself. And then those qualities become qualities that, that people want to follow. Yeah. You know, I I think that this is, this is so good because you know, what you're saying here is essentially that every single person has the opportunity to be a leader. 
And they should act in that way. Because if you think about all of the things that you just talked about with, you know, authenticity and basically how you show up in life, it's not just for the people who are managing big teams. And I think that that's where, that's where things get a little skewed or fuzzy. And that's when you actually hurt the culture of a team is when a business owner, when an entrepreneur, when, you know, whoever it is in the company thinks that only the the top needs to lead, that that's really who needs to, to maybe, you you know, have that accountability structure and, and teach people how to show up and, and be that authentic person. It's really, it's everybody. That's how you create a cohesive team and that's how you show up for each other. And that's where you scale, right? I mean, when you have people acting in a position of leadership, whether, whether they're the person who, you know, meets with a client, they answer the phone, they process and push the paperwork, no matter what it is, if they're showing up authentically as a leader, that's how your company is going to grow. And that's, when your clients are going to notice the difference. Yeah. So I and I've, just talk a little bit about that, David. I've got a great model that's coming to mind that I, that I think listeners are going to love. I loved this. After 20 years of personal growth, I discovered this and I'm like, oh, that's a missing piece. Mm. It's so exciting. And I, and I use it with my clients all the time. This is called dignity, humility model. And see, I'm interested in people having agency, And agency is a great word. I haven't found a word to replace it. Agency is the ability to take action and influence what's happening. Agency is I'm going to do something. What can I do? If you're in a meeting, you may not be leading it. Someone else might be leading it, but you could see that the energy's dropping a little bit and it might need something. Agency is what can I do Mm. to influence this? You know, you might raise an issue or you might suggest something. So dignity and humility is, is a way to recognize where you are and how you're showing up in a situation. Dignity is simply my voice matters. It's a place to stand where you believe your voice matters and you're willing to speak up. That's it. Yeah. An example from history is Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King my voice matters. I have a dream. Very leadery, powerful place. Now on the other side of the spectrum, I I view a piece of paper and on the right, you've got uh, dignity. And on the left, you've got humility. Humility is a place to stand where all voices matter. Yeah. I really want to listen. I want to understand from you. Now, Martin Luther King might, might be an incredible leader, has the ability to listen, but he's mainly speaking, still powerful. On the humility side, we think when we think about a a figure from history, you think of Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. All voices matter. I'm listening. Very powerful. Now in the middle is a nice sweet spot. You can be powerful at either end of the spectrum, but in the middle is a nice sweet spot. My voice matters and I'm listening. And from history, we think of someone like Gandhi. Yeah. Gandhi, my voice matters and all voices matter, right? So this is so cool because you get to, you know, you can ask yourself in any situation, where am I on this spectrum? In a meeting, you might be shut down and not speaking. Oh, I haven't talked about the shadow. So that's important. So those are the power places, but we can collapse into the shadow of either end. Okay. The shadow of, of dignity where you go too far would be posturing. Mm. not listening at all, dominating, arrogant, aggressive. 
and I'm going to get myself in trouble here, but I'm willing to get myself in trouble. <laughs> um, a figure from history, we often talk about Hitler. Yeah. It was so, so tunnel vision on, on a mission. There didn't seem to be a lot of listening, right? And a figure that I like to use today, you know, whether you vote Republican or not, I think a lot of people might agree that Trump doesn't seem to do a lot of listening. That's not his thing. He's, he's more into like speaking. So I would say Trump uh, to me is over in the shadow of mm-hmm. dignity where he's gone a bit too far and can be very polarizing. Then on the other side, you've got people who can collapse into the shadow and I collapse a lot into the shadow of humility. This is where you're, you're not just listening to everybody, but you're over apologizing. You're feeling shame or guilt you're a, a wallflower now, right? Yeah. Or a mouse. And there's not a lot of power there as well. So I love this model because I get to look, wait, where am I? Oh, I've collapsed into the shadow of humility. I'm apologizing. I'm awkward. It happened when I had people in my house. I said, yeah, you can use my house to host an event. And I spoke up and said, look, I want to ask for some things. And I realized I've collapsed into the shadow of humility because they know this model I've collapsed. Yeah. It's really hard for me to just be in my dignity and say, can you be quiet? Cause I need to go and lay down and look after myself because I'm embarrassed. And ironically, I, I wonder if you can see this ironically in saying that in speaking up and speaking my truth and how I was in the shadow of humility, I brought myself back into dignity. Yeah. And was able to say, yes, I'm embarrassed. I'm revealing what's happening and this is what I need. But I, I so that's, it's kind of a ironic that in saying it, naming it, I got to come back. So I'm curious what you think about, about this, what comes up for you as you hear this model about dignity and humility yeah. as a leadership tool. I think that is really interesting, actually. And, you know, sometimes it, it almost goes back to your, I kept thinking about your four-step process and how you, you essentially are naming it there too, right? You have your different steps. This is how I'm going to approach the whole entire conversation. This is the framework. And I think that it's just like business. Think about, think about when you go into business, you follow some sort of business model, right? It, it may not be totally cookie cutter, but you're following something. So the same thing popped in my head in this whole humility versus dignity conversation, because you're naming it, which basically opens up the airwaves to speak in true transparency and with authenticity. So I think that's really powerful. So think about that if you're listening to this for your teams. If you simply have the conversation of the humility versus dignity, the two polar ends of the spectrum, and you can speak yourself like, hey, okay, guys, I was maybe a little bit uh, too much in my dignity in that meeting. Let's reel it in a little bit and, and let's talk, let's talk uh, uh, how we need to talk. Let's, let's kind of unwrap this a little bit. Or, hey, you know, Susan, I see you're kind of sitting in your humility a little bit. You're not saying a whole lot. Let's bring this up a notch. So I think that it can help you to have a conversation because you're naming it and it doesn't feel threatening. It just feels like this is just how we communicate in the office. And, and you know, David, I'm sure you've heard this with your clients too. What's one of the, actually not even one of them, what is the number one issue that people have in their companies and that people have in personal relationships, in business relationships? relationships, it's communication. (laughs) 
that is the number one thing that people struggle with. So I think just having a system to be able to put context to, to be able to name it is so stinking powerful. I can just see how this can make an impact. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's had an impact on me. You know, when I, um, I, I thought I was really good at dignity because uh, yeah. t- I've practiced for 20 years. I wasn't as a kid. I didn't know how to speak up to bullies. I didn't know how to um, speak to, to girls and, yeah. and express attraction. That's a, that's a very difficult area still for a lot of men. Well, probably women too. Mm-hmm. But, but I know for men to, to say to a woman, I, I feel attracted to you and I'd like to ask you out. Like That's so scary. <laughs> so I practiced for 20 years speaking up and I, it's still edgy for me um, yeah. to do a lot of things. And particularly in groups, I found I'm pretty good if it's one-on-one, but if there's a group and I'm not the leader, then in that context, I might be quiet. I'm sitting there going, should I speak up? Should I not? Should I speak up? And then I ask myself, where am I on the spectrum? Am I in dignity or humility? And I realize I realize I, I want to be more in my dignity. Yeah. I want I want my voice to matter. And so I'll take a risk, you know, I'll take a deep breath and I'll say, Hey, is it appropriate for me? Listen, see, I've just I just went into humility, which is powerful. Is yeah. it appropriate for me to to share something? Now I think I, I have something that could address the direction of this meeting. So I just went into humility and dignity at the same time. Mm. If I just jumped up and assumed and kind of took leadership of the meeting and it's not appropriate, now I'm going over in the shadow of dignity. So it's so cool to just ask, where am I? Yeah. And where do I want to be? And I want that for everybody. I want us all to be in our truth and to speak up because our voice matters. Now, if you get an amazing result out of this, that's icing on the cake for me. I realized this when I went to the Transformational Leadership Council and I was in awe of all these people. Like there's Oprah's executive producer and there's a, um, a guy who produced What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams and won an Oscar. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, like, you know, I had imposter syndrome and I st- stepped into my dignity and I took a risk and I made four bold requests including asking Jack Canfield if he wanted to write a book with me. Now, how many invites is Jack Canfield going to get a year right. to write a book with him? And I, I just felt right and scary. And I realized after the event, if I got no's from all four of those requests, it was a win for me Yeah, because I was in my dignity and I spoke my truth and I took a shot and mm-hmm. The, the results, I, got, I did get at least one yes out of those four bold requests, but the results are a bonus. I want everybody yeah. to feel fully expressed. And I like myself more whenever I find my truth and speak it, whether it leads to a tough conversation or not, that's the win. And I want that for everybody. Oh, that was just so good. So, so good. You know, David, there's what you just said there, I think is an awesome note to start wrapping up on because if you think about any advisor listening to this, we all go to conferences, we go to meetings, you know, we're in front of people, like you said, where 
<laughs> you might be a little intimidated. You might have a little bit of imposter syndrome walking into a room thinking, oh my gosh, these people have achieved so much more than I have. I mean, I even think about when we host our mastermind, people have said that to us. Well, I don't know if I should attend because I don't know if I'm as successful. And it's like, that is absolutely the time that you attend. But what you just talked about, David, is an amazing framework that doesn't just apply to the tough conversations that you would maybe think about on the daily basis with teams, with family, with business partners, whatever. But when you walk into a space that you're pushing yourself outside your comfort zone and going in with complete intentionality, using your four-step framework, I mean, you can set yourself up to be like, yeah, I want to go to talk. I want to go talk to Jack Canfield that he authored the chicken soup. I mean, that's a huge thing. I think everybody and their mother has a red chicken soup for the whatever soul, right? Yeah. Going in with that intentionality and having a framework of how you're going to approach that conversation, thinking about your ideal outcome, thinking about how maybe they're going to feel, what their fears, what their concerns, what their whatever is, it helps you feel prepared. So you can apply this framework that you've created, David, you can apply this in so many different aspects of life. So I am excited that you are giving this to everybody, that we're going to be able to have it as a download. We're going to make sure we put it on the ultimateadvisorpodcast.com website as well. If you're okay with that, I would love to have that as an option that we can link to that for you or link to your website, your page. This is just awesome stuff. So to round us out, David, if you could give one piece of advice to a successful advisor, what would that be? I think you said it, that communication is everything. It's the air we breathe. And this, you know, this truth speaking technology that I'm talking about here with humility, dignity, and the four steps to speak your truth, Mm. maybe a tough conversation, maybe not. That's the missing link between us and other humans. We already, we already know how to, how to speak when it's easy, pretty much. We could do better at that too. Mm-hmm. But most of us did not get trained in how to speak when there's something edgy for us. And this is the missing link. And this is the doorway to personal growth. And should you choose to accept this mission, this assignment of leaning in to any any, any truth that feels a bit awkward or scary or vulnerable to say, then I say, you are going to grow. You're going to be a better human being. You're going to become someone that I'd want to have a beer with. And, you know, if you're not already, and you may be, you're going to be someone that people want to follow and be around and your life's going to get better. Guaranteed. Yeah. Almost guaranteed. Sometimes you'll have some hiccups. We didn't talk about those, but almost guaranteed your life gets better. But the beauty of it is your business tends to grow as well. So in, in short, communication is everything. If you're willing to invest time to get better at it, you're going to be so grateful a year, five years, 20 years from now. You're not going to go, oh, I should have put that off 10 years. Mm. You're going to go, I should have gotten better at this 10 years earlier. 
Yeah, that's it's so powerful. So I want to give a quick, a few takeaways to our audience members to really pull out the golden nuggets that I had made notes of personally, because David, you've created a raving fan in me just through this conversation. So the first thing is obviously um, download the the four step guide that David has referenced on framing the tough conversations. That is going to be a a gold mine for you in your business, in your personal life, and everything in between. The second takeaway that I really got out of this conversation that I want our audience members to apply is to push yourself outside your box. Get uncomfortable, right? Don't be afraid to be uncomfortable. So get comfortable being uncomfortable. And then finally, I look at David, as you were talking about the, the humility versus dignity spectrum. And I think that, that if you could really sum up all that you said into one phrase, it's to just show up as an authentic leader and and that, that you have to define what that means to you in your life. But if you're listening to this, whether you are the primary advisor, whether you're the, the CEO, the owner, or if you are the second in command, you know, I know we have some second in commands out there listening too, is that you have to just define what your own authentic- authenticity looks like and show up in that every single day. So David, if anybody wants to get a hold of you after this, how can they reach you? Yeah, thank you. I I'm going to invite people to invite listeners to some action steps that can really have this episode make a difference in your life. Awesome. So um, the website is playforreal.life. We're playing a game in life, but it's not a frivolous game. Like let's play it like it matters. So playforreal.life. And uh, it's not, not a .com. Some people get confused. And the action steps that I would invite you to take one subscribe to tough conversations with David Wood and listen to me as well as the amazing Brittany. Uh, I'd love to have you join us on that. Awesome. Two, download the blueprint. It's really awesome. Uh, I use it myself. And once I didn't use it and I got myself in trouble, <laughs> it says the blueprint. And if you're interested in coaching for yourself and want to explore what that might look like up leveling life and business, then request a session with me. If you qualify for a discovery session, I don't charge for those sessions because it's how I find the right people to work with long-term and we can explore it. And coaching isn't right for everybody. You might just leave with a plan for your life and work and let me know how it goes. And also I want, I want people to know we've got a new service now I'm super excited about, which is spot coaching for teams and companies. So if you can't afford coaching for all your staff, you can afford coaching just in time for your staff when they have a conversation that they want to, they want to have, but they're not sure how to have it. I lost my assistant because she didn't even know that she could speak up about things that weren't working. And she didn't know she could have a conversation. If she'd had this service, she could have booked a session with a coach just when she needed it, role played it, and then gone and had it with me and enjoyed a job instead of quitting. So I'm super excited. We've got a school, uh, 60 teachers now. We're going to roll this out for them so that to support them in their, in their, uh, whenever they have a problem at work and they don't feel they can go to their boss about it. So um, you can reach out to me through playforreal.life too if you're interested in the spot coaching program for your team. 
That is awesome. I love it. I love it all. Uh, David, thank you so much for your time today. This was exceptional. I know that our listeners got a ton of value out of what you had to say. So I'm excited. I would love to do this again sometime, have another conversation, have you featured here. You've just got so much great insight that, that I think is totally valuable to, like you said in the beginning, business and personal. So it was, it was amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brittany. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up today's episode of your ultimate advisor podcast. We will catch you right back here next week. Hey there, Brittany Anderson here. If you are loving what you're hearing on our ultimate advisor podcast, don't keep us a secret. Share us with other advisors that you think would benefit from the messages that you are hearing. The easiest way to do that is to simply send them to ultimateadvisorpodcast.com. And if you want to learn a few other ways that we could potentially serve you as an advisor, go check out ultimateadvisormastermind.com. As always, we are so happy to have you here with us as part of the Ultimate Advisor community, and we look forward to a continued relationship. 